0: I want to thank you for the prayers this past week. I just got back from my annual, re- annual silent retreat uh, Friday evening, and it was a wonderful week. It's always a-, a blessed experience, and a lot of times when I tell people that I'm going on a silent retreat, I often get the response, oh, Father, I could just never do that, and I usually respond back with saying, sure you can, it's human. We all long for and need silence to some degree. But they say, oh no, Father, you know, I I love to talk too much. And what's interesting about a silent retreat is that it's, although it's true, you don't talk other than to your spiritual director, it's, it's less about the fact that you're not talking and more about the fact that you're also not listening to all the noise. And I think that would actually be the, the part that would be most uncomfortable for the majority of people, that for this time of retreat, you're not spending time with a screen and you're not listening to music or podcasts or talk shows. You're not scrolling on your phone. You're not watching shows. And so all you got to do is be with the Lord, be present to the reality before you. You can walk around, you can, you can pray, you can really do anything but turning the noise off. That's what makes it silent. And that is what allows our hearts to really encounter the Lord before us. So I had a, a, a beautiful week, and it was uh, very blessed. And, and part of the experience I was able to receive is, is as you enter into the silence... It's both exterior but also interior. And as you enter into that silence, you start to encounter the Lord within you. And as you encounter the Lord within you, there's this joy that starts to blossom. There's this interior peace that starts to resonate deep within your bones. And this is like no other. It can only come from God. And it's a gift that he wants to give each of us. I thought a lot about the fact of my relationship with technology, and I spent some time thinking about how, you know, about two years ago, I got off of social media, and for personal reasons, that was just a really good decision, and it allowed me to to focus more on my priesthood, but I still have found myself really attached. Attached to the productivity that technology offers. And I started to believe this lie that the more productive I am, the more powerful I am, and the more good that I can do for God's kingdom. It's all for good reasons. I can do good things for the glory of God, and I can use technology to my advantage. But it's so easy to fall into this trap of self sufficiency, this lie that I have control over my own life. This lie that happiness is in productivity. And what ends up happening is that even when it's for good things, I still get distracted from the Holy Trinity within me. Brothers and sisters, our God dwells inside of us. He longs to abide with us and to stay with us, but so often we are distracted and we allow ourselves to go anywhere else but to Him. But the true joy and the true peace that resonates within our heart and soul comes from God alone and not from the pleasures of the world. So what I want to do is reflect a little bit today on St. Paul's second, well St. Paul's reading. Okay, I want to reflect upon the second reading of today's Mass, which comes from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. You might have noticed at the end of um, that reading, there's that famous passage that that we often quote a lot from St. Paul. It's it's very um, quotable. It's very uh, memorable. You've probably seen it on billboards or maybe bumper stickers or something. It's that quote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How awesome is that? That's a great, inspirational, encouraging passage that resonates with so many. And usually whenever we see that written before us, I don't know about you, but usually when I see it, I usually think, okay, that that usually means like I can do anything that I've set my mind to as long as Christ is with me. Like if God is with me, I can do it all. There's nothing that I can't achieve if God is on my side something along those lines. And I don't want to take away from that meaning, but I do believe there's so much more that's happening. As usual, whenever you put the text, um, the passage in context, there's so much more going on here. So let's put it into context. St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. He writes this letter to the church in Philippi. The church in Philippi, uh, well, first of all, Philippi is is this city where the Christians at the time that St. Paul's writing this letter are definitely in the minority. They're certainly not the most popular and most powerful group of people. They're definitely the minority. And St. Paul is writing this letter because St. Paul's emissary, Epaphroditus, uh, emissary means like a missionary, like a delegate, um, who's kind of like working with St. Paul with the church in Philippi. And and Epaphroditus brings a financial contribution to St. Paul on behalf of the church in Philippi. So naturally, St. Paul is grateful for this contribution. And he sends um, Epaphroditus home uh, back to the church in Philippi, and he writes this letter as a word of encouragement, as a word of friendship and and joy. It's it's a positive letter, and it's a it's it's a, a letter that shows there's a good relationship that's happening. Well, at the end of this letter, which is where the the piece that we got to read today in the second reading. At the end of this letter, St. Paul brings up this whole financial gift that he received. And he thanks them, but he also mentions, he says, you know, I have learned how to live in humble circumstances and in abundance. He goes on, in case that wasn't clear, I have learned how to be well-fed and to go hungry. I've learned to be in need and in Um, be well taken care of. In other words, I've learned how to live in every circumstance, and I've learned how to be content in every circumstance. Whether a rich man or a poor man, whether at a time of great trial or a time of great comfort, I have learned how to be content. And he says, I've learned the secret to this, and the secret is that I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. So what's going on here? That quote now suddenly takes on a little bit more meaning. When he says, I can do all things in Christ, he's saying that this is the secret to my interior peace, no matter what my external circumstances are, is that I abide in Christ. As I remain with Christ, I can do anything. I can be rich or poor. I can be hungry or well-fed. And I won't be distracted because I'll be with Christ. And it's there that I'll find my joy. Okay, so that makes sense whenever we talk about like, times of trial, right? Like when, and a lot of times, you know, most of you guys, I would assume, like whenever you go through a difficult time, your natural instinct is probably to turn to the Lord and say a little prayer, ask for some help, and that's good. But it's interesting, isn't it, that St. Paul also brings up the time of abundance. He mentions the time of trial, but also the time of abundance As if to say that the time of abundance, too, is a time of spiritual danger, that times of being well-fed, that this is a time that you should also be on guard against the enemy. That, I believe, is where most of us might be spiritually blind. Most of us may not realize how spiritually dangerous it is whenever we are in a time of great comfort. It's not that comforts are bad, nor is it like like St. Paul is saying that either way, in times of trial or comfort, he has to choose to stay with Christ. And what's the secret? To abide in him. To remain with him. To contemplate the holy trinity within you and it's there that we find this joy that resonates no matter what situation we might be facing but i gotta say our technology has certainly distracted us from that sense of interior peace and joy and I'm not here to be all doom and gloom and to say that all technology is bad. Technology is often very good, but, and I know I've preached about this before, but if we don't keep talking about it, I believe most of us will continue to slip further and further away into distractions, into the noise and the chaos, and away from the contemplation, thinking that contemplation and interior peace and joy is only for the people on silent retreat. It's only for the priests and the nuns. It's not for the people in the, quote, real world. But you see, brothers and sisters, the real world is in the silence of your heart. The noise of the world is not real. That is a false offer of happiness. It does not satisfy. We all long... For the interior communion with the God who loves us. Today's actually the feast of St. Teresa of Avila, uh, one of those powerhouse saints. Uh, she's a doctor of the church, one of four women saints who are doctors of the church. She's known as one of the great teachers of prayer in our tradition. She's known for reforming the Carmelite order along with St. John of the Cross. And there's so much we could say about her. She has so many, so many great stories um, and so many great teachings. But she defines prayer like this. She says that prayer is none other than spending time alone, a long time alone, with the one we know who loves us. Prayer is no other than spending a long time alone with the one we know who loves us. She understands that prayer is a relationship that takes time it takes effort it takes intentionality okay think about this have you have you ever been on the phone with someone that you love before you're excited to talk to them they're telling you all about their day or whatever and then it's your time to tell them about your day and so you just get started like you're like telling them like this story and like you're all excited about your story and and like you hear in the background like there's something going on on the other side of the line it's like it's as if they're like there's like, they're like talking to someone else. Like they're like distracted. And, it's, and, and obviously what's happening is that someone else on the other side of the line is like trying to talk to them, and they're like whispering and multitasking and trying to do And you like realize it, and you realize that they have no idea what you're even saying in your story. And then suddenly you come to the end of your story, and they didn't even catch it, and they didn't follow the social cue, so they don't even know how to respond, and they're just kind of like acting like nothing happened and trying to go along with it. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but that happens to me quite often. I know it kind of sounds little, you know, but there's like a little feeling of rejection. Right? Because like you just like were vulnerable enough to tell a story that someone else didn't even listen to and they're not even honest enough to tell you that they didn't hear it, to tell you that they were distracted. They're just like totally consumed with whatever's going on. And it hurts. It hurts whenever you're on the receiving end of that. And you're like, okay, so I don't even know if I should repeat the story or just like act like I didn't notice or like, uh, you know, like you don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like we're all busy and we're all distracted, but like it kind of hurt a little bit. Well, like imagine how God feels whenever like we go to Him in prayer, like we tell Him about our day, and then like we're all distracted because we simply will not listen. We are definitely afraid of being still in silence. God forbid we listen to what God has to say to us. We have to immediately run to some kind of background noise. Turn on the TV, I'm lonely. Turn on the music so that I can be happy. Pull out my phone so I can catch up with something. God forbid we actually sit still. It's in the silence that God speaks. It's in relationship that God wants to meet us. He doesn't want us to simply achieve a spirituality. He wants us to be with, be with him. So brothers and sisters, what is it that distracts you? I know that technology in a lot of ways is neutral, but some of it is simply not. And we have to be honest about that. Consider how um, maybe some of you might be distracted with the death scroll I like to call it others like to call it that too you pull out your phone you start scrolling maybe it's a, um, Instagram or Facebook maybe it's Amazon Prime seeing what you're shopping for maybe it's news and you just it's just endless you keep scrolling and, and you have to see like, like it's designed to never end like you keep scrolling it's designed to actually distract you forever to actually give you never a chance to stop scrolling and finally meet the Lord in your heart it's designed to hook you the people that created this will admit that. Maybe others, your distraction is TV. And most of us remember the days whenever TV wasn't streaming, but now that it's streaming, you know, those, like, like it's designed, as soon as you finish an episode, four seconds, you have four seconds to turn off the TV before the next one starts. It's designed to hook you. It's not neutral. Some of us, and this is the one I usually struggle with, it's just the like, temptation to keep checking to see if there's a new text or a new email. Just in case someone needs to get in touch. Oh, there's a new notification. It's probably important. Let me check and see what it is. And the thing is, it never stops because we all have so many relationships because we're all so well connected with technology, and it never stops. And no one has any boundaries anymore, so they just keep sending. And what's happening, unfortunately, is that many of us have forgotten what interior peace even feels like. We have forgotten what joy feels like. All that we know now is anxiety. All that we know now is restlessness. And we are deathly afraid of being bored because we feel like if we're bored, we'll realize how lonely and how pathetic we are. But that's such a lie from the enemy. If we allow ourselves to sit still and to unplug, we discover the infinite riches of the divine God within us. What distracts you? What if, what if we were more intentional about setting up some boundaries? What if we were more intentional about talking about this stuff? Not in a way that shames people, but in a way that encourages people? Because we all struggle with it. We have to figure out how to live in this reality. What if we stop scrolling? or at least set some limits on the scrolling? What if we decided ahead of time how many episodes we would watch before we got to the end of the episode and then try to make a decision in four seconds? What if we had some screen time limits? Or some times that we were set aside to like unplug and to just, this is a time where I won't have my phone with me. This would be human and this would allow us to sit and have meandering thoughts and perhaps... We would discover joy instead of dopamine. As we continue with this Mass, I just want to invite you to abide with Christ and to ask the Lord to reveal to you perhaps what's one concrete step you can make to discover the God within, to fan the flame within you, one concrete boundary with technology that you might be able to make so that. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen.